Hello and welcome to Startup Laurier's podcast, The Startup Scoop. If you're taking the time to listen to this, it means that you're serious about succeeding as an entrepreneur or looking to get ahead in whatever your chosen domain may be. If that's the case, it's a good thing you're here because this show will feature prominent entrepreneurs and business people giving you the scoop on how they know to succeed based on their own experiences and expertise. My name is Ben Brophy. I'm joined by Timitha Reggie, and we are the co-presidents of Startup Laurier, the club on campus on a mission to empower entrepreneurs and also your co-host for today. In the time of COVID, we decided to start this podcast so that you can keep learning and becoming the best version of yourselves, even if that can't be in person. And so without further ado, we'll kick off episode three by passing off to Tabitha to introduce our next guest. Thanks, Ben. So our special guest today went from selling baby caddies to being the founder and chief marketing officer of AMZ Prep. He recently competed against 275 nominations and was named Enactus Canada's Student Entrepreneur National Champion, where he took home $10,000 and the John Dobson Cup. His business is the first Canadian Amazon-enabled fulfillment and warehousing solution. AMZ Prep grew over 1,100% last year and has helped 400-plus brands sell on the Amazon marketplace. During the peak months of the COVID-19 outbreak, AMZ Prep helped fulfill over 100,000-plus medical products to frontline workers. Today, we are joined by AMZ Prep's founder and fourth-year Laurier Goldenhark, Blair Forrest. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm super glad. And, and third time's a charm. So I'm glad to be um, on, on the roster for yeah. number three. I'm, I'm eager, guys. So yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm super happy. And I appreciate the intro. You smashed it. Good, good. <laughs> good, yeah. So obviously that yeah. is, uh, you're doing some super impressive stuff right now. But uh, could you just give us a little walkthrough on your whole entrepreneurial journey from like, where it all started to like where you are now? Yeah, yeah. So I, I think um, how I, I usually like to do it so you guys have some prefixes is explain mm-hmm. in my own words, like what AMZ Prep is and, and what we do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. So it, it's from its from its holistic 30,000 feet of view, we help brands sell on Amazon. So okay. predominantly what that looks like is we help them with the warehousing, fulfillment, shipping and logistics, uh, such mm-hmm. as the back office of Amazon. Uh, but we have a full division that helps them on the entire front end. So we do um, the advertising, the SEO, the creative work, uh, basically end-to-end solutions for these brands on the Amazon marketplace. Um, Yeah, and the brands we work with, it it, it ranges in in sizes. So we work with brand new businesses that maybe were just featured on Dragon Center Shark Tank all the way to uh, 100 million plus firms and um, some of the Fortune 500 and Fortune 1000s. So you'll see it's um, a huge scale in terms of the brands we work with. Um, but they all have one major focus in place, and that is to uh, grow and sell products on the Amazon marketplace. Mm-hmm. So yeah, how it uh, essentially kicked off was um, I always just kind of had a knack for like reselling products. Mm-hmm. Um, so at a really early age, I was the guy to be going to garage sales, and I was uh, flipping products from garage sales to eBay and Kijiji, and um, I was just clearing out my parents' house trying to sell anything online. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, so yeah, going into high school, that was my predominant focus. Um, I had 12 plus different businesses and I was just kind of running around just trying to resell products. Um, but I liked the, the idea of like the, the flip. So I literally would just like buy products at like garage sales for 25 cents and then sell them for like $9 on eBay. So it was a really cool business model at the time. So going into first year university, I learned about Amazon and that behind these actual products on Amazon, there was these third party sellers that actually sold these products. Because beforehand, I always assumed that if I bought something on Amazon, it was 
like actually Amazon that like sold it. I, I didn't know there was a whole different world behind it. So uh, mm-hmm. when I learned about this, it kind of opened up my eyes in terms of like the potential out there. So um, I started selling baby caddies and a whole different suite of baby products. <laughs> we'll get into why, but um, <laughs> <Yeah>. so, <laughs> I think that's a whole podcast on its own. But so I started selling these like baby caddies and all these other products um, mm-hmm. and it, it blew up really, really quickly. So with these guys, like what I was doing was I was buying from Asia. Um, I was okay. putting like my own private label brand on it. And then I was sending them to the States. And then from the okay. States, I would send them to Amazon US warehouses, just because the Amazon US market is just absolutely ginormous. So uh, if you can envision it, if you type in like baby caddy on Amazon, mm-hmm. I was actually one of those products. So when a customer purchased it, it'd be getting sent from Amazon's like fulfillment distribution hub, but okay. I would actually be making that sale as in Blair. Mm-hmm. So nice. it was a really cool business model. So um, I, I did that all throughout first year and it, it started to really grow. Um, and so mm-hmm. I started to pay off all my, my student rent, my, basically anything in the, the, even my tuition. Um, right. I started just trying to clear it with this, these selling these baby caddies. Right. But what I did in the States was I used this warehouse in the States to basically send my baby caddies to, and then okay. they would prepare it for Amazon because Amazon is really strict guidelines. And I also didn't, want to send a thousand baby caddies to my university dorm. Um, I was at KSR and I think a lot of the people would have a lot of questions on what I'm doing with this many baby caddies. So I wanted to completely avoid that and my parents' house wasn't really an option. Um, so we used this warehouse in the States to basically just receive all these baby caddies, label them and then give them off to Amazon. And then from Amazon, when you purchase it, it would actually go from Amazon's warehouse to uh, a parent or a mom or whoever may be buying these baby caddies off of me. So I was just this in this middle ground, but, um, and, it, and it grew successfully, but I wanted to sell in the Canadian market, kind of going into mm-hmm. my second year of university. And when I tried to do that, I obviously, again, didn't want to send my, my baby caddies to my own student home. Mm-hmm. So, and I looked around and there was no sort of like warehousing that I saw in the States here in Canada. It just, it wasn't a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I actually had to do was I, I had a Hyundai Elantra. It was like, it was horrible. It was on its last wheels when I bought it, but I would drive that to the States every weekend and I would stuff my trunk full of baby caddies and then would drive it back across the border. And you can imagine wow. like the clearance, yeah. like, like me like, trying uh, to explain to you smuggling cocaine. what I'm doing with it. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's an incredible conversation. So the amount of times where like, they, they completely pulled me over and they would just like rip apart my car. It was, yeah, it was incredible. So you guys can imagine like, I was doing that every single week and I was driving from Waterloo to Niagara Falls yeah. and then like stuffing my car just to sell them on Amazon Canada. So it, yeah. it just didn't make sense. Like, it just wasn't feasible. Right. So right. Um, essentially what I did was I just got my own really small warehouse in Kitchener. It was around like, like a 40 minute bus ride from the university. It was like a 10 minute drive. So it, it was perfect, but it was really small. It was around the size of um, like this office or like a really small bedroom is 300 square feet. So it was, it was nothing. So what happened though, is when I started doing this, I had like friends in the Amazon space that had the exact same issue. So then they reached out to me and said like, Hey, like, can you just like, can we send you our products too? And you can just do this whole warehousing thing in Canada. Cause we want to sell here too. And mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I can, if I can cover the rent, I was like, this is absolutely perfect. And if yeah. I can pay for um, like pub on the weekend, I was like, I'm all in. <laughs> so that's how it all started. So then um, very quickly, we started to see there was some sort of traction. Um, so I, I created a really poorly made website. Um, I'll, I'll try to share some screenshots, but um, it, it was very much like an MVP model. It, it wasn't much, but uh, it was enough to at least get things up and running. Uh, and overnight, we got like 12 to 15 submissions. 
of like businesses that are interested in using the service. So right there, we thought there might be some traction. Uh, and then we just started to run with it. And we say we and then I, because there was no one else on my team, but I just started to run with it. So we got that warehouse in September, 2018. Um, this is going into my third year of university. So September, I got the warehouse within by December of that same year. This is still third year university, first mm -hmm. semester, uh, we completely okay. grew out of it. So it did not last whatsoever. Nice. I thought it was, I thought it was a game plan, but it, it absolutely right. wasn't. So, and I'm, I'm on year leases. So keep that in consideration. Um, so right. I, I ended up okay. just finishing like my first lease not that long ago. So okay. anyway, we grew to the first warehouse. It was 300 square feet. We found a warehouse mm -hmm. in Cambridge, Ontario. So okay. we moved to that one. It was around three times the size. It was around a thousand square feet. Um, mm -hmm. So maybe the size of like, like a, a small lecture hall like something in Laz, like some of the third floor ones. So it was about the size of that, give or take. Um, and it was, it was way bigger. I thought it was going to kind of keep us for a while. Um, and then with another like four or five months, we're just completely growing out of it. Um, it was just, we just, we, we just had a lot of people coming in and you can imagine just the businesses that we're working with, they're just sending us like thousands of these units and we're just labeling products the entire day. Um, right. So yeah. So I was just finding like anyone and anyone of my friends that wanted like money on the weekend. And I was just, <laughs> Um, yeah, <laughs> I was just, I was just nice. trying to get anyone to work for me at the time. So, um, yeah, so, so we did that for a few months. So from January onward, things started to pick up really, really quickly. We knew that we were growing out of that space incredibly fast and it was still just, it was just myself and just some of my friends on the weekends that I was just paying and just to cover their, whatever they wanted to do. So in July of last year, we ended up raising capital. Um, so we raised around a quarter million dollars, um, like cash and non-cash equivalents. Um, right. And that was just to help actually fund our entire operations. So what we did was we ended up moving into this brand new warehouse here in Brampton, Ontario. Um, this was last July. Uh, and we, it's around like 110,000 square feet. So around like a hundred times the size of the old warehouse in yeah, Cambridge. It's a bit bigger than 300 feet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love it. We got, a, we got a bit more playing room. So yeah, so it, it made it a little bit easier. And obviously we, we raised capital, which made it absolutely amazing too. Um, but we ended up like hiring our first staff in like July of last year. Um, and that was Cody. He was actually, um, he's a part of the whole Lazsaw crew. Yeah. Then, yeah. I see him talking about uh, AMZ prep when we have our, our startup networking events and, and we have startups come. He's, he's always there for, <laughs> that's for events. Yeah. Yeah. So we have a valid employee. No, that's amazing. Yeah. So <laughs> that was, that was our first employee. Um, and then since then we went from like zero to 25 plus employees. Um, we're rapidly growing out of this warehouse and we've built all these other divisions in place as well, but mm -hmm. we've kind of built ourselves into like an entire Amazon e-commerce ecosystem. So we're helping these brands essentially from end to end now. So, and, and now we're starting to work with some really big brands in the making, but, um, yeah, a lot of it's happened over the past 18 months. Um, like we just passed our two year, um, from the day I actually created like the first website. Um, so we just passed it. So we're, we're only like 24 months in, so we're, incredibly young in terms of the infancy of the company itself but um we're we're growing really quickly so then we did this enactus thing not too long ago um so we won that which is absolutely amazing um so we ended up getting like the the number one business or startup in canada like a student-ran yeah. business so that's awesome um, it, yeah it's incredible so we're yeah we're, we're we loved watching away. your pitch yeah did you watch it <laughs> yeah amazing. we watched it it was, it was so good yeah 
I, yeah, I really okay. liked how you laid it out. And because um, when I hear about AMZ prep, I'm like, oh, I don't know if I get it. But like when you explained it in your in your pitch, it made a lot of sense. And and just the way you told the story from beginning to end and how it works, it, it made a lot of sense. And I think you did I'm a glad. great job uh, of the narrative part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, we, what was ironic was like one of the panelists. It was like Lane Merrifield. Um, he's from like Dragon's Den. Yeah, but, Lane. Yeah. yeah. So so they so they did a um we had like a filming at our warehouse um for one okay. of the brands we work with and it was like the whole cbc team um, oh wow so it's like yeah. so you know those like episodes of dragon's end of like what happens after yeah yes they, yes they did yeah. the filming at our warehouse which is really cool but yeah, so cool. lane merrifield flew in from like his private jet from like bc and he literally like, flew in from his private jet we're right near the airport and then he like came for two hours did some filming, smiled, and then flew right back. It was wow. It was absolutely wow. incredible. So I, I think I had a bit of bias and pull on some of the judges too, but um, it was perfect. So it was yeah. super exciting. So yeah, we're 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 just growing now. We're just trying to tackle things. Um, we're kind of just building out these other divisions. We're trying to hire as quickly as we can, and uh, we're expanding international. So a lot of moving parts in place. It's um it's been absolutely crazy the past twenty four months. Um, so time's moving really really quickly, and, and still doing it with schools being um a bit crazy, but yeah, we're, we're chipping along slowly but surely. Yeah. Awesome. So pretty much you were selling, you, you were, you were selling on Amazon and you came across the problem of the warehouses and infrastructure for that not being in Canada. And then you started doing it yourself <laughs> that other people started paying you to do it for them. And then it just sprawled into this whole AMZ prep phenomenon. Yeah, bingo. I, I think um, timing was impeccable. There, there was just not that many Amazon solutions in general. Um, it's just like a really niche ecosystem, even though, even with COVID, like it really blew up really quickly. Um, so mm-hmm. everyone's buying off Amazon, but um, I think the timing was just incredibly impeccable. So we built the business with like where there was a huge gap in place. Um, and then we just, we hit the market as quickly as we could. So it was, yeah, it was, it was a perfect situation where we kind of just find that gap fit of like a mm-hmm. problem solution area. Um, it was right. like textbook play. So it's, um, it's still really early stages of everything we're doing, but we're, mm-hmm. we're, we're going away. Yeah. Yeah, so you mentioned that in the beginnings, it was just you figuring this all out and, and how you grew. When did you get to the point where you realized you needed to bring other people on? And and if you want to talk about for, for what positions or when did you realize you needed to like consult with someone or figure out how everything was going to work or how you're going to expand? That's a really good question. I, so I, I really early on, um, I, it wasn't like, I didn't really tell too many people about it. Um, so even like a lot of professors didn't even know I was doing this whole business. But I don't know, I really liked the idea of kind of like working in the background. I don't know, I felt like, I, I felt like a huge pressure in terms of like, if I told people about a business, they're going to follow up in, in three months saying, how's the business going? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And I, I just yeah. didn't want that pressure on me. Um, and I wanted to just kind of like try and, and try again and try again and try again without like any external pressures of like, oh, what about this business or what about, so um, because of that, I kind of just kept it like really just low key in like my, my friend space. Um, as much as people know, even my close friends, a lot of them don't even know like what exactly we do yet, but they, they, they just knew we sell, we sell baby caddies on Amazon. And then I said, yeah, like he just started selling baby caddies. I got an office out of it. So it was, it, it's funny, but, um, like when it, when it came to bringing people on, like, I did the first like eight months. Um, this was like from like September to July before we raised funding last year, um, okay. was like basically by myself. So I, I think we needed people way earlier, um, but I was just finding people off like Kijiji. I was just paying any of my friends. Like there was no one that was actually in the company, um, but a, you can imagine a lot of the stuff we're doing is just like warehouse work. Um, right. And I have, I had no experience in warehousing. Like it was so not the like app 
uh, like startup whole ecosystem yeah. that like currently is like what it is now. Um, right, it was right. a very like traditional, you're getting warehousing, you're getting racks, you're going to receive a bunch of products. Like nothing was digital. Um, yeah. So it was like a complete different world. I don't know anything about warehousing. Like I'm just, I was a student. I was, I had an econ class during the day. But I, I was, I was really like left winging it. So I, I think we needed people a lot earlier. Um, but I was just kind of in this area of like, I can do it myself and I wasn't paying myself. So I was like, I, we're making so much money and like, there's no cost involved. I thought it was just a great idea. So I thought like me working 20 hour days was a lot better than me hiring someone. Cause I didn't know like the value of like bringing someone on, you know what I mean? So right. um, we, we hired our first staff was um, Cody, which was just like a summer intern. Um, and it was just like Cody last second. He was just, he, one of the students that he just like, he's like, hey, I'm about to move back to Nova Scotia. Like, do you have any work? Uh, I've never yeah. hired anyone. So I was like, I was like, I was like, sure. I was like, I was like, you can do like finance or something like, I, I was just kind of throwing part. Um, so like we hired him to be more of like an account manager and doing like um, finance was kind of like the initial position. Right. I don't recommend anyone for their first employee to hire for a financial <laughs> analyst. We don't even have numbers. So he ended, he ended up being kind of just like a, like a wearing tons of hats. Um, so he okay. was like, he was doing warehousing. He was doing like customer support. He was doing sales. Um, and he ended up actually, what was super cool was he just did B111. And when we were doing for funding, um, they wanted a whole business pitch. They wanted like the 20 page business report. Um, so it was like, it was right down the wheelhouse. Yeah. Right? And I took it like yeah. three years ago. So I had an idea. Um, so because it's like, he was doing, helping with like financials, he was doing projections. Um, all this stuff was like incredibly applicable. And, like, and the whole thing was like, everyone's like, oh, you'll never use that. But it was like to a T, it was like he finished class on like the first and by like the 20th, he was actually using this whole like B121 report that he did. And he was using this template to build out our business plan oh, and our, our forecast, yeah. which was really yeah, cool. Yeah, I know what you're talking like, about. Yeah, for view, yeah, I think so, for view 121. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so he ended up like using that to actually be applicable. So it was, it was actually really good timing. Um, so that was our first position. Um, I recommended like more or less for like people that are trying to start a business, you just need someone that can essentially just wear a bunch of hats. Um, I, I, I think like people, like there's people you can hire that they need kind of like a locked in position. And there's people that are kind of like, throw me in the fire, I'll, I'll figure it out along the way. And you yeah. need a lot of those really early on. Cause it's just, it's incredibly difficult if, if they want to do one position. Cause you're just in absolute startup mode. Like I was student by day. I was like warehouse manager in the afternoon, customer support by nine. And then I was doing like my website development by like 12. It was incredible. Right. So I, I was just kind of everywhere and you kind of need a couple more people um, to kind of just be able to like buzz around you and figure stuff out in the meantime. Cause we're just trying to operate so lean. Like we didn't have enough money to hire someone for support, hire someone for sales and accounting and, all these other crazy positions that now we have to hire for is we only had like a couple people and really limited cash flow. So um, the idea of like you could do warehousing for maybe like two, three hours and you're gonna do support and then you're gonna do sales and then you're gonna do billing to do that all by the same. I think that was the most crucial part. Um, and then after that, like we hired for account managers, um, which was more of like sales and account management to try to manage all these accounts coming in. Um, right. Cause like for context for date, like we haven't spent a dollar on marketing yet. So now we're starting to push marketing finally, but everything awesome. came like organically either through um, our Google SEO, which like was like, I never valued Google to what I did now. Um, it was, everything was through that. And then everything was through just like referrals. So that's where everything came from between the two of them. Um, so yeah, so then we hired for that. And then we just had to hire all the 
kind of the standard business positions as we grew. So we, we had to like quadruple our staff in the warehouse. So we have like 15 of the lads down there just, just doing shipments all day. Um, and then we have a full structure for billing and account payables and uh, accounting and, and sales and all this other jazz. And then we have managers. So mm-hmm. it's, um, it, yeah, it kind of grew up bigger than I, I could ever expect. Um, so there's a lot more moving parts in place. But um, yeah, so, and we even brought someone in to kind of be like more of like a general manager. Um, just has like a lot of experience there. Um, mm-hmm. Again, like I, I don't have too much in that wheelhouse. Like I, I love the idea of being a manager, but um, I don't know. I was always in the business of just trying to hire people that are smarter than me. Like I never want to be the smartest person in the room. Right. Um, it's usually not the case because these people are incredible, but I would just try to focus on like, as long as I can keep hiring people smarter than me, we're going to be okay. So yeah. making sure like, if, if I don't know sales, I'm going to hire someone that's smarter than me in sales. And it's not like a thing right. of, like, I'm not going to be offended or think like, oh, there's, there's so much better than me. It was more just like, I need to learn from them because they have more in this wheelhouse. Maybe they worked for a big company or, or other startups. So I'm trying to also like not only hire to support the business, but to like feed into this business so that they can like help build out this like initial dream team. Yeah, totally. I think every small business needs that in terms of like the initial like starting five. I think that dream team is like the most important. Like your first five employees or even like your first three employees are like, the most important and then yeah. like three to ten it's 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 important but that first three i think is incredible and then after like 10 it's like really tricky because then there's like there's a lot of different people and there's a lot of moving parts and there's um yeah so it, get, it gets tricky after that but we're we're still really young so we're, we're not having those issues yet but mm-hmm. it's um we can see it coming so it's but i think the the initial three is like no one understands just how crucial it is yeah Right. Yeah, totally. So you sound like crazy busy. Like, like you're saying you were student by day, then customer support by nine and website by 12. So like you were pretty much growing this business at a super rapid pace while doing BBA, which sounds like an absolute nightmare, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, but yeah, you, you, you've lived through it. So how did you, uh, manage like having school and this rapidly growing business and a social life. Maybe you're maybe not. I don't know if you have time for a social life or maybe cut out school. I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, how yeah. did you sacrifice school? Get all that in and still manage to like get to this point. Yeah, the, honestly, that's a really good question. Um, and I like everyone always. I think it's like a big stigma of like don't start a business till you're out of university. I don't know why. It was just like. It's this whole aura around like, don't start a business until you're done because you're not gonna be able to manage it. You got business, you got school, like it, you won't be able to focus on it and you have socials and you need to. So I don't going into it, like that's all I heard was like, hey, don't start this right now. Wait three years and you're gonna be out of business. But my whole thing was like, what, why would I, if I wait another three years, I'm gonna be like three hard, three years behind the ball. Yeah. Like now I'd have to start the business like in like a couple months. I'm just graduating. So now I, like the, that whole thought process just didn't make sense to me. So um, yeah, like at the beginning, um, like I'd love to say that I had like the most like efficient time management, but it was absolutely horrible. Yeah. So like something has to go. You, you, it's so, it was so difficult. Like it, it was the amount of um, like long bus rides and just almost like mental breakdowns from it. it, it it's a lot, right? Like it's a lot of moving parts to try to, it's just really stressful. Um, and you just have a lot of, different pieces in place. So I think, um, I remember like first year university, like, I think it was like the first day It's like, I remember like on like one of the big projectors, they like, I think it was like, maybe it's like the calculus or it may have been like Laura Allen. She put like a 6am to a 9pm schedule on like the projector. Oh, yes. 
Yeah. It was like the first scared the shit out of me. And I was, and she basically was just on the idea of, she's like, Hey, like, this is it. Every single minute needs to be allocated. And I was like, yeah, I was like, that's whatever. Right. Like, so then first <laughs> yeah. I didn't yeah. do that. And then like, I learned the importance of that so much. of like batching off my time everywhere. So yeah, there, there's places that started to like, like lose obviously. Um, so sometimes it was like my grades and then sometimes it was my social life. Um, so it, it was a trade off between the two. Like, um, something I had to do the past year was that I had to just completely wipe contribution marks. So there's no class that I got contributions for, but mm-hmm. it was just the trade off of as long as I did good on the exams, it would kind of offset all the contributions I wasn't getting. Cause it just didn't right. make sense. It was like, these classes were midday. It was unbelievably difficult to organize them. And then I had to be in the zoom call and chat. So like, I just did a, a risk analysis of, of like, and literally the most BBA thing you could say, <laughs> I did a risk analysis between like what the value of that contribution of 30% versus like what the offset is of, of how much further we can grow the business within that hour and a half time slot of contribution plus quizzes. So obviously I don't recommend doing that, but it was just, it was one of the places where I actually had to pull the plug on. So mm-hmm. yeah, like, and you'll see like, I think over time, like now I've got really good with trying to structure everything. Um, so even like, I, I have classes, like I just finished my exams last week. Um, nice. And I, I think it's just kind of just structuring your day of like, I just like put on a hat and I take off the hat. Mm-hmm. Um, it also helps because the business now kind of has enough infrastructure around it to kind of build on itself and like it can, mostly self-sustained for the most part so that really helped kind of going into it but um i think really early stages it's like the second you have enough money to hire someone just like you have to or else like it, it will just kind of like collapse on itself but yeah so it it, it, it honestly depended I, I i feel like i there was parts of like university where i didn't get to fully experience it because I, I was kind of just fully into this but um i don't know all my friends understood and it's not like i didn't lose any friends but there was obviously some weekends where i just I had to bite the bull and I was in a warehouse just listening to some podcasts labeling products. But um, yeah, they, everyone kind of understood it for the long term. So um, it was kind of win some, lose some situation. But yeah, it's um, there, honestly, there's no good way to balance it. But it's kind of just you just have to roll with the hits until you can kind of find a nice balance. Um, but yeah, so if that means like if you're doing emails during class or or you just have to work full time during the day and do your school notes at night, like there's a way to balance it, but you have to kind of get that learning and you have to kind of eat, uh, eat dirt for the first like year. And then you can kind of be like, okay, now I get an understanding of how to move all the, all the different parts of the business. Actually interesting. What you said at the beginning about like people were telling you to wait until after university to start, but you were like, well, doesn't make any sense. Uh, all three of our guests so far, you know, you being the third, uh, have said, yeah, start a business when you're in school, like, all, or like, don't be afraid really? of doing that. Yeah. Like, all three yeah. of them. So, uh, yeah, interesting to see the consistency among all the entrepreneurs we're interviewing. Yeah, yeah like, and I'm, I'm curious why, like, I think it's, it's not just like more or less, I think it's just, you also have a really good network around you. So to be able to validate, I know, I, I think a lot of people are nervous and I completely get that. Like, I think there's a huge intimidation factor, like if you failed and like, I don't know, people are just like, people are just like that. Right. So yeah. Like where everyone kind of knows your business and, <laughs> you know, yeah. and like, yeah. and then like, if it fails now, you're like, you're stressing about it. And I don't know, it, it was. Um, I fully understand it, but I think it's kind of like a thing where like university, can, you have to step out of your comfort zone. And even it's like, I know so many people that businesses didn't work, but it's like it, it, 90% of these businesses aren't going to work. So even if you are the 1% that did work, it's, you can just run, try another business. It's not like you yeah. have to completely, it's not like you're shut down. You're like 20, 21, 22 years old. You can do this for like 20 plus years and then go like, okay, maybe maybe I can pick another aspiration. Right. So it's, yeah, I think people try to like push the metal, but 
I do understand the idea of like some people just have to wait. It's like, like if, if you are trying to go to like masters, like I can see, I can see where the balance would have to be incredibly difficult. So I think there is cases where I think you have to, but I don't know. I like the idea of kind of just like go, go, go. Um, so I was, it was just like jump and then build the parachute on the way down. And if I had to wait, I feel like I just wouldn't know as much as I do now because it's a lot of hands-on experience, right? So um, like whether this business succeeded or failed, I'd, I'd be damn proud of it. So I think people just have to reposition like how they're tackling it. But I think Lori's also doing a really good job of like trying to promote a more like entrepreneurial mindset. Obviously right. classes, like I, I emailed all my professors um, and not one of them would, would grant me contribution marks. So that kind of <laughs> sucks. But, um, and I emailed them saying, hey, like I'm not gonna be able to come to class can I get my grades another way? And they said, mm -hmm. um, like, unfortunately, it's just not how the curriculum works. And they're not going to do an outlier for me. So they understood right. it, but they're, and they're, they tried to work around it, but there's only so much you can do. But it's ironic mm -hmm. that the other businesses said that. I think it's just kind of, you got to roll with the hits. And, it, and if you can do it while in university, I think it's just kind of like a, you're in like your own bubble in university where like nothing, like, it's just kind of, you're just there, right? It's not like, it's not even like, I don't know. It's like, it's not real. It's crazy. It's like, university yeah. is super <laughs> cool for that. I was like, yeah. it's just like, it doesn't matter what happens there in terms of like, whether like you start nine businesses, you start one, it's kind of just, you're in this like bubble before anything. So you could run with like a hundred different products and do it 10 different times. Like me and my buddies were so sold on our BU 111 venture. And I, we thought it was going to go to the moon. We didn't even make it past the first round. And it was like, it was like, it was just like, I think that's it was all this laptop us, yeah. case charger. And I was like, boys, this is it. Like we are going to make a million dollars off of this. So yeah. um, we didn't make it too far, obviously. So we can chalk that up as a, an L on my books, but um, I think the exact same idea. I was like, well, I was like, well, this might be cool. Let's try it. We tried it. Zero chance. But the, I think it's like the, it's just the process and like you going through that process over and over again, just at one point it will start to click. Right. And so you, you mentioned like finding that balance between school and, you know, running your business or, or even if there was like no balance at all, but where did sure. you, like, did you find times where you're like in a rut and, um, like what keeps you going is my question. So like what kept you motivated or like when stuff got tough to like keep going at it and not to be like, okay, I'm just going to put this on hold or, uh, focus on school and then come back to the business or business that, well, I guess you can't put school on hold because you're in the middle of a semester, <laughs> but, but yeah, just the, cause I, cause you know, you always hear about people, um, like when you're not passionate about something, you kind of like stop doing it or you put it on the back burner. So how did you kind of keep going with everything, even though you were like immensely busy with everything that you were doing? Yeah, that's a really good question. I, I think um, what usually happens with a lot of these businesses is like the idea is that like you find something passionate about it. So even if you are in a rut or anything like that, at least like your passion, like because you like already doing it, like you should be able to do it because it's more of a hobby than a business. Right. Um, so I think almost the same for the business where, um, I don't know, I wasn't a fan of labeling products all day. Um, I can tell you, I don't want to do it again, but um, <laughs> And so I wasn't like, I was passionate about that, but I think I was just passionate about like putting all my energy into something where like right. I, I have my energy in a lot of places and it was school and gym and um, the social life. And I don't know, I'm, I never had something to like fully like narrow in on. So I think something like that really helped out. Um, what I actually did though was like during, um, I ended up, I forget what it's called. It was a part of Laurier's startup program where they, they give you a semester and they pay you to work. Oh, like it's the um, the one with the Schlegel Center. I know what you're talking about for a term, yeah. right? Yeah, so yeah. Like, um, I, I almost like did kind of put the business on hold where like I took, I applied for a semester off. Um, this was last, last January. It was a third year, second semester, right when we moved to that second warehouse. 
I was like, mm-hmm. I need a semester off. But it was just so perfect timing that they're like, hey, we'll pay you to take a semester off and work. Yeah. yeah. So it was like absolutely perfect. Because I think um, we would have not made it anywhere in terms of traction if I wasn't able to do that. Um, but I also was incredibly nervous, like, especially trying to tell my parents that I was going to take a semester off. It doesn't sound good on paper. No, yeah. So I was incredibly <laughs> nervous. But I was like, look, I'm getting paid for this. Like, here it is. Like, this is on paper. We're okay. Um, yeah. So yeah, like, I, I think more or less, um, like my motivation summed off. It's a really good question. I, I, I don't know where exactly it came from. I, I think I just, I don't know if I had like a chip on my shoulder and I kind of just wanted to like prove people wrong. Um, right. about jokes I got about baby caddies it was absolutely insane <laughs> but it was all fun right so I, I think it was like between like a chip on the shoulder and I kind of just wanted to prove to myself that I could really nail down something okay. um and to be really honest when I really like sit back and think it was more like I just I didn't really have time to like like double think anything so right, like, even like right. me like thinking on the idea of like hey like I don't know if I want to do this or, like hey I don't know if I have time like I was just so slammed like I, I didn't have a I wasn't even like in my own thoughts for a good year because I was just like it was school work school work school work like I just like it kind of just went off the rails in that sense so I think because of that because of like how fast we're growing and like because there's so many moving parts and school was getting crazy and like oh my gosh like third year was absolutely mad right so like third year of this it was it's a nightmare right so because right. Of that, I think I think because we were just doing so much like I didn't have time to really reflect and say like, is this really what I want to do or is this kind of like, is this really, a, do I really want to take this to the next level and like really grow this out? So I think that's, I think the main reason was like, it's almost the idea of like, like keeping yourself as busy as possible. And you, that's the kind of the, the way out of it. So I think because right. like how busy we were, it's like, if I ever had thoughts, I would just kind of like try to do more marketing or try to do more sales or try to push <laughs> as many people into it. And I think that kept me busy enough until okay. it got to a place where we started hiring more and we started to become like more self-sustaining and more of like a, mm-hmm. like a real company. Like the, the way I like to position is like, we went from more of like, like a pirate ship to a, like a Navy fleet. Oh, like love really that. Trans- yeah. yeah. So I think yeah. it's a really hard transition <laughs> of like, it's more of like a hobby and a startup to like, now you're actually like, you're like a real system. You've got real, real people, real structures. Um, and I, I think the, the only other part of that is like, when I started hiring people, it's like, it's, it's a lot more serious. Um, it goes from you having a hobby to you providing food for these people's families, right? Mm-hmm. So, and that's that's where it gets really serious really quick. You know, like, I, some days I did want to give up at like eleven or twelve o'clock at night, and it's right. and it'd be different if it was just me. But now, if there's a dozen plus people that are looking for money from A and Z to help pay for maybe their student loans or maybe pay for the house that they got or for the kids that they have to go home after work to go mm-hmm. see, like. I don't know, it's, it's an incredible amount of pressure. Um, and I, I honor any business that from that first get-go, it's, it's such a stressful time. But um, I think that's also good too, in a, in a weird way, just because it, it puts right. that stress in you. Now you're kind of liable to everyone else yeah. um, and your actions will reflect not you, but it kind of echoes to dozens of other people, whether they're in the company or not in the company. I, I think that kind of echo chamber really helps push. So I, I think that and then being so busy in a really long answer was probably the best way to say it. Yeah. No, no, it makes it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, it gives some urgency, yeah. some like more reason to keep grinding at what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 just stressful, but it, it, it yeah, it's like when you get more people, it's just like now there's other people you have to be aware of, right? And it's not yeah. just like mm-hmm. it's not just a fun business anymore. You gotta like you gotta really take care of this because if, if it exactly. goes down, like, yeah, you gotta you gotta let go of people, you gotta fire people, and that's like not a good feeling to have so i think that mm-hmm. kind of it's like it's just kind of like a fire underneath you that you have to like oh oh like we we have to keep going so i think that really helped out in the really early stages 
And the thing you were saying about like having doubts or like no time to second guess yourself, especially when you're leading a team, like you can't be the face of doubt because, you know, like you're the one who has to be like, this is this is what's happening. And uh, this is why it'll work so that everyone else believes in what you're saying and, and will like be actually motivated and uh, continue yeah. working for you. Yeah. So I guess there, there's also that aspect of it, too, when you have people on board where, you know, you can't be like, oh, I'm not I'm not sure if this will work. Yeah. Right. Or like you're really <laughs> yeah. tired one day because you have school. Right. Like. Like when, when yeah. people see that you're like, you're able to balance out both. They're like, I have no excuse of not being able to get my work done. So I, I think it was also like exactly. a really good like leadership thing of like, okay, well, if you're doing this and doing school full time, like I should be able to do X, Y, Z for eight hours a day. So I think it also really helped the team of like, well, he's doing a boatload. Right. right. So I, I think that really helped out. Yeah. This one. So, you know, obviously you said the AMZ is still in its like infancy. It's still like a very yeah. new company. But from your time with it so far and your time as like trying to balance school and work and everything, um, what are some like mistakes that you would avoid uh, if you were to do it again? Ooh, yeah, Ben, that's a good question. That's a really good question. <laughs> um, yeah, the mistakes I would avoid. Um, I think kind of like the idea of like hire fast, but fire faster is incredible okay. for really small business. Do you want to um, elaborate kind of, a little bit on that? Like what yeah, it means absolutely. for MC prep? Yeah. So I, I think um, it, it's the idea of kind of just like testing and trialing. And it doesn't just mean with like people, um, but I think it's more or less kind of just like, like trial and error as quickly as possible. Um, so whether that's like trying new people or trying new systems or, or proposing new things, like we kept a really lean. Um, and I think that really helped out early stages. Um, so I think kind of just that idea, like I said before, of just kind of like jumping off and then building the parachute. Um, there was times where like clients would ask me for the most random stuff and I'd say yes. Um, cause I was in this whole thing of like saying yes to everything, yeah. not always the best scenario. I tell you that, but the idea was like, it just opened up a bunch of gates. So there's random stuff where like, people are, like, do you want to go to this? Or do you want to speak at this? Or, or do you want to maybe ship these type of items? And I was like, yeah, let me, let me do it. And I spend the entire night trying to figure out whatever it was to do it. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I like the idea of just kind of like opening as many gateways as possible. Um, so I think that was a huge thing. Um, I think um, that time management, like finding a, a, a clean, like a clean structure was incredibly difficult. So I think for people trying to like maybe build their own business, um, like planning out your day, um, it sounds so cliche, but I think it's like so incredibly useful. Um, it's like using like tons of different apps, like, like toggle is a cool one where it's like, you can put it on like your Google Chrome. It can like measure your times. It's like, the idea of oh, it's, like, cool. it's like batching time, which is really cool. So like, what are that school? You can put like hour timers and everything and it can like measure your efficiency. Um, so I don't know, I like geek out to that type of stuff. So that's <laughs> super cool. Um, yeah, and, and I would think just kind of, like, oh, I think there's just so many, right? I, I think for students, it's kind of just like roll with the hits. Like there's so right. many great things that you can do during university. And I think that obviously there's gonna be some places where you're gonna lose some, but you also win some. So I think trying to find that gap and, and trying to do something really cool um, university is kind of the time where I could kind of just like, I just like, I was throwing Hail Marys and I was just seeing if it worked. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I think it like university gives you the opportunity to kind of just like, um, take a couple swings at bat before you have to kind of stress out and, and think about anything serious. So, um, I, I think that's probably the other one as well. It, it's honestly like, it's been an incredible run for university. It's so sad. Like I'm seeing all my friends graduate. Um, but like, it's, it's just like a, it's a crazy time. And I, I think right. it's just. Um, like use university to kind of like really leverage what you have. Um, I think you hear it in like first year speeches, but like whether that's like 
people or alumni or, or staff or students, like I, I leverage everyone, everyone. Mm-hmm. I have like, I have a couple more classes and, and I'll make sure to leverage it too. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, like, I, I think other than that, um, maybe pay hydro. Maybe that's the only thing I need to, to figure out. <laughs> yeah, to I'm just kidding. But oh, yeah, I, I, think, I think that's it. <laughs> yeah, bingo. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, think, I think that's it. Um, I, I think for students or businesses, it's going to be a lot different. Um, or even getting involved with like clubs like you guys, like you guys absolutely smash and hit out of the park. Um, so like getting involved with it, like even just understanding like different types of businesses. Like I was involved with like Enact this first year um, and yeah. I got relatively involved with startup. I always regretted not getting more involved, but it was just, mm-hmm. I was just so slammed. I just like, I never focused on it, but mm-hmm. um, it was like businesses like that where you can actually meet people that also do it. Like you can meet like your next like part. I've met so many people that are like through university or through new venture or even just startup lawyer that like built their own business by just like meeting each other. It's like you get to know people in this space. I, I think a really thing where I didn't do enough of is that like meet other like-minded people. It's like when I did this Enactus competition, I didn't even know like th- this many people ran student businesses. I didn't think it was a thing. I thought I was like a lone wolf. Yeah. So I, didn't, I didn't have anyone to talk to or vent about or when I had these issues, like I, I didn't know, I had to just Google issues or like, I was like, why am I this stressed out about this business? You know, there's no one else to like, there was no support system that I built for myself. And I, I think I did it all myself. Right. So I think just, if I was in a, a more involved in a group like startup, like on a weekly basis, if I could just vent and try to figure stuff out, you have this huge team that like, I could have probably accelerated way faster. Just share the basic, like, I didn't have that. Like, I had to just like my girlfriend and like my whiteboard at home were like the only things I could spit things to. And she, <laughs> yeah. she, she lost interest pretty quick. Right. So uh, like, like me telling about my marketing ideas, it only works so much. So um, yeah. So I think it's kind of just building that people around you. So you can actually have like a good like circle. Um, and like ones that actually like support you running a business. So right. I think that like inner circle of like celebrating businesses and like now everyone like is involved and like gets a part of it, like how Startup Glory celebrates that. Like, it's like super cool. So I, I wish I went back and did a bit more of that um, and had that ecosystem around me to kind of motivate me. Cause uh, if I had a bad day, I could just like go to one of the, the meetings and kind of just crack at it and everyone can help me. But <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I think that would kind of be the only thing I'd really change is like get more involved. It's, cliche as it sounds I think it's kind of like a real scenario of like get more involved in the right clubs like the amount of applicants we get that put like you're a general member in nine clubs oh I know right like, yeah, oh yeah, my yeah. gosh like it's yeah. incredible and like their entire resume will just be like like it'll just be general member of, of LIFA, econ all these other ones and I'm oh, like yeah. we've seen cool. some like wild oh, yeah. resumes like yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine right so um yeah I, I think and it's crazy and like even just like people hiring now like it's it's like, we're just constantly hiring. We're trying to like filter through this stuff and it's, it's really hard. Um, and I think the only thing I'd say is maybe like, like people looking for jobs is like get really creative of like maybe like people that are trying to find their own positions of like, yeah. um, like get really creative in terms of like how you find like employers, like how you reach out to them. Cause like exactly. I filter through so many a day, but like one person that does something really creative um, or like I was telling someone, I, I, I think I did something, is that last, but someone sent me like a, like a, I ignored the resumes. They sent me like three, and then they sent me like a Rubik's cube. It was like, let's solve this together, like through mail. They sent me a Rubik's cube through mail, and they said like, let's solve this together. I was like, you're incredible. So I hired them, obviously. Yeah. But yeah. it's like, it's really cool, like stuff like that. Where you can just like think outside the box. So yeah, yeah a bit, <laughs> a bit long winded, awesome. but. Yeah, and I appreciate you guys having me on. This this was amazing. Hopefully, yeah. you know. we, thank you so much for coming. We do have. Out. Oh, um, Ben, do you want to ask her last couple lightning round questions? Oh yeah, we have a lightning round. It's like five questions. Yeah. You want to do them? Like one word answers? Uh, yeah, like one word to a sentence. One word? Okay. Yeah, one word All to right. a sentence if, if it requires an explanation. 
Okay. Um, okay, so let's get started. What's your favorite Laurier memory? Is there a timer on while I'm doing this? Uh, <laughs> just no, in your brain, no. just in your imagination. Just, just in your brain. <laughs> I gotta say St. Patrick's Day, as, as cliche yeah. as it sounds. <laughs> okay. okay. Right, what, what's your favorite place to eat in Waterloo? I'm the Bianca's guy. I have to go with <laughs> Oh, <them>. yeah. <laughs> Bianca's pizza, always good. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite extracurricular activity to do? Um, and we can open up that, open that up to like besides school. Like what else did you like doing as a student? <laughs> oh, I've been playing, um, oh, people are going to kill me for not knowing what it's actually called, but the, the ball on the, uh, squash. Yeah, spike ball. That's bad. Spike I didn't ball. know that. Yeah. <laughs> spike ball is good. Um, I, like going like first, second, third year, uh, like Bills was super cool and so was pub. So I, I think those two were super fun. Um, and then summer Lou baseball. I'm not giving one answer to anything, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. Oh, what, what, what's the, what's the first thing you do in the morning when you wake up? Uh, oh my gosh. What do I do in the morning? <laughs> These are good, Ben. Um, I, I just brush my teeth. I just brush my teeth. And I, 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 check, I, I like it. I, try, I, check, I do that and I, I put TikTok on too. And that's about it. Oh, fuck. I love TikTok. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I literally wait, lay in bed for like 10 minutes before work and just watch TikTok. Then I go to work. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. You can, it's you really can check bad. Your, like, how many TikToks you saw too. I just found that out. You can't. Oh, I you want can? check that. Don't, Where do you don't. check that? <laughs> I'll show you after. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Well, well, what's the last thing you do at night then before bed? Um, it's bad, but I either I like check emails quickly, um, or like I'll spend like twenty minutes with like everything off, and I'll have like a, like a brain dump on like I use like Notion. It's like a it's like oh, a Word I really document. Like Notion, yeah. Notion's incredible. Like I'm all oh, about like efficiency. So, so right, so, I'm planning um, on using Notion's it for school cool. this year. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, so we I have like sections in there for like just brain dumps. Um, mm -hmm. So like I usually try to like turn everything off and I'll try to like brainstorm. It makes me sound really good. I, that only happens so often. If not, I wash suits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, one that more thing. Down if if you weren't going to be an entrepreneur, what would you be? Ooh, that's a really good question. And I couldn't like restart and like do it again. It had to be no, you're like, like, not, like not even business. Like we're out of business. Like do or, or, like a completely different thing. Oh, out of Okay, so if I was gonna do it in business, I'd probably do investment banking. Oh would shit! I do, would I do it well? Probably not. No, <laughs> but I would. What I want to, absolutely. Um, if not, um, I'd probably like try to be an actor. I think that would be the coolest thing. Like being like, oh yeah, like, like, like I don't. Know, I did YouTube videos when I was really young. Um, you could be a TikTok yeah. influencer. I think I could do it. I think I could do it. Yeah. So I don't know if I missed my time on it, but I, I, I think next time around, I, I might have to take a couple swings of that. Yeah, you can sell like AMZ and become an actor. Uh, honestly, that's it. Yeah. Right? AMZ might get its own TikTok at this point. So I'm, I'm just, oh yeah, my gosh, I'm you should you totally do it. Yeah, yeah no, you should, you should vlog. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, so that's all we have for you, I think. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. You're super inspiring. I think people who listen will learn a lot. Yeah, I know. I, yeah, I we really it. appreciate it. Amazing. No, I, I tried to make this into um, more of a simple. I, I know a lot of the this podcast interviews I do are incredibly formal. So I'm glad you guys are kind of putting this into a, a place where it's more of just like an open 
it's like a relaxed conversation where we kind of just like chat about it yeah so for I, sure yeah, we, yeah, we always we hear about you so like we know you exist and so we're like oh Claire Ford <laughs> so, like, we know he's out there we know he you know he's running AMZ prep but we're like okay we need to sit down and talk to him and, and see what's like really going on um, so it's really good meeting you and learning more about your business um, where can people find AMZ prep if they want to learn more and if you're hiring or anything like that uh, people want to get connected where can they reach you or or the business yeah yeah so we're, we're, we're honestly always hiring um so if you think you might be a good fit if you like anything about amazon or e-commerce or, or you can just hustle um feel free to reach out to me we're we're always looking for some some talent coming out of school so um even with interns we're, we're constantly hiring so i'm trying to finally get into laureate co-op they rejected me like twice <laughs> and they didn't even like read my email so they just like read Aww. it now and, and that was it but i'm coming in okay. i'm coming in with like the pinstripe soup and i'm i'm ready to they got these yeah. bad boys. Yeah, I no, they, they, they maybe like right? called so. my dad because he's an alumni and like, hey, can you take people? And he's like, and no. I haven't heard a thing. I haven't heard a thing. So yeah, I don't know what I'm doing wrong, but yeah, I'll, I'll reach out again. Because yeah, like you I'm should so because the the dean he put so during like the the peak months of COVID, um, they released a letter on like on the Laurier website and on LinkedIn where it was like, if you're if you run a business or if you're looking for interns, please consider advertising on the co-op portal at Laurier. Um, and like oh. our friends right now are struggling or they've like moved their co-op terms because there's not enough people in our in our portal. So a hundred percent like get get back on there. Like you will get back on. At this point, I don't see them rejecting you. It doesn't make any sense. That's good. So they're gonna take me by yeah. default. At this point now i'm just kind of like uh yeah i'm just the, the last thing on the cake at this point we'll see maybe if they ask us, maybe there needs to be an invite yeah. now now they lost we talk they lost the chance yeah it's, yeah it's okay but yeah so you can you can find us like um amz prep anywhere is basically like our website's amz prep canada um okay. so if you just google it you should be able to find it um and then i'm, I'm on everything blair forest so okay. yeah, yeah. Best way if you're gonna hit me up for like I don't know, like LinkedIn or Instagram, but um, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm happy to chat. Or if I could add some some inspiration or some feedback or help out with any sort of business, I'm I'm more than happy to. So um, I want to give back wherever I can. So I'm I'm eager, and I'll be seeing you guys soon. So don't worry. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Love that. Amazing, Thank you guys. so much no, for coming on here. Yeah. Have an we awesome night. We appreciate it. Okay, you guys okay. as well. Take care. You too, Blair. Bye. Bye.